Hello and welcome back to the Pre-Construction Podcast. It's Gareth McGlynn here with all your pre-construction crack. And boy, did I have crack last week at Advancing Pre-Construction Conference in Phoenix. Catching up with all the tech suppliers, catching up with all the VPs, directors across the market. It was brilliant. What a week. I have to say, hands down, congratulations to Hanson Wade for putting on such a brilliant conference. Um, I also have some exciting exciting announcement uh, in relation to the podcast. I'm going to get much more consistent with my releases of of episodes. Um, I'm going to try and do it every Monday at lunchtime for the next, for for the foreseeable future. So stay tuned now. Uh, I'll be sending out reminders. I'm also going to be creating a mailing list just to remind people that the episodes are getting released on Monday at lunchtimes. Um, now, straight over to our guest today. His name, and you may have heard of him already, is Tom Dean. He is the co-founder and CEO at Project Mark. Now, Tom is an Irish guy, um, came to here, tried to live the, the American dream. Um, he arrived here in 2011 after studying quantitative surveying in Limerick Institute of Technology. Worked within pre-construction on the contractor side, then on the owner's rep side with MGAC uh, for about 10 years. Then had this aha moment where he decided, you know what, I want to go in and build a product that will serve the construction industry. He built Project Mark, and what Project Mark is, it allows you to win work smarter. It's an all-in-one CRM and proposal platform. Now, Tom kind of openly admitted, he showed a little bit of courage in saying that his first idea for Project Mark is very different to what the product is right now, and it's evolved, but it's evolved through feedback from the market. So he goes through that in, in, in stages. But the one thing, the one thing that stood out to me whenever Tom approached me about coming on, he said, this platform allows you to sell pre-construction services. And that statement alone made me say, right, I gotta speak to Tom, because you know, I know, and the dogs in the street know, that if you're not selling pre-construction services, then your company will fail for the next five to 10 years. There's no more free con. Without further ado, let's go over to Tom. But before that, let's hear from our two sponsors, Concentric and Vec Technology. Hi, I'm Steve Delorto, founder and CEO of Concentric, the first holistic platform for pre-construction. As a former executive officer of one of the largest general contractors in the U.S., I have experienced firsthand the challenges the industry is facing, particularly in pre-construction. Pre-construction is still a highly manual and fractured collection of processes. Essential information is kept in ad hoc scattered spreadsheets and documents, which really limits the understanding and hides the full picture of a project for all those involved. Concentric is here to change that. Our 360-degree platform unites data, workflows, and people. With Concentric, you and your team can access real-time insights and data, assess and mitigate risk to ensure a successful project outcome, and most importantly, unlock the enormous capacity of your talent and your data. To learn more about Concentric and to book a demo, head to our website, concentric.com. That's spelled C-O-N-C-N-T-R-I-C.com. Concentric, it's pre-construction recalibrated for the modern builder. Tom Dean, what's a crack? Welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast. 
Gareth, how's it going? Thanks for having me. It's always Good, great man. to chat to a, a fellow Irishman. Good, man. Well, you're the third uh, Irish person to be on the podcast, but you're the first Irish entrepreneur, so welcome. Great. I'm delighted to be here. Good. So I'm looking forward to your story. Um, so let's get started, Tom. Let's go all the way back to... I, I usually start with the education part. Um, you went yeah. to Letter Kenny, or sorry, Limerick IT, right? But I want to go back further than that. We always destined for construction, uh, even through secondary school, going into the leaving cert, where your projects picked for construction. Always destined for construction. I, I fell in that in, on that path. A lot of my family were in construction. My granddad was a, a block layer, moved to New York. Um, then brought my mother back when she was eight years old. Then uh, a lot of my family are, are in the industry. So it was always construction for me. Um, growing up as a as a kid, especially in secondary or high school, uh, wanted to be a carpenter or a block layer. And I'm sure you had friends as well getting the itch to leave school at 16 and and start with the trades. That was definitely something on on the agenda. And then all of a sudden, I started to work on the building sites um, with, on on some of my uncle's uh, projects. And my dad was like, let's let's stay in school and let's let's you know see what see what you can do. Started to think about architecture then. Um, that was a role that I was really curious about, and then somehow fell into the quantity surveying role. Started to think about you know the financial side of construction, which was really attractive. So that's my projects were selected and geared towards getting a degree in construction, and uh, that's what happened. So I ended up down in uh, Limerick Institute of Technology to study uh, quantity surveying. Brilliant. Love it. And listen, for anybody who doesn't know, but if you're in an Irish family and, and anywhere in the country, it's it's you know your brother's either a carpenter, a spark, a mechanical person. There's always yeah. somebody within construction, so you're destined to it. But a lot of people go down the trades um, kind of area. Uh, I don't know if that you find that with your friends. A lot of my friends went down the trades at that time, it was either two things. At that time, I mean, I'm, you're a little bit younger than me. I'm 40, 40, 41. It was always IT. At that time, that was you yeah. know, how to do. Computers were going to take over the world. It was the next great thing. So um, uh, to go and do quantity surveying, uh, there's, there's, and because of everybody who's pushed towards IT, there was a massive lack for about seven or eight years of construction management yeah. graduates and QS graduates. So quantity surveying, I always like to talk about quantity surveying because they don't have that degree in the US. Give me an idea of what it's like studying quantity surveying. What sort of stuff is, is touched upon? Yeah, um, there's a, a number of different modules that that we study. It's it's contract law, it's measurement, it's building systems, um, it's it's yeah, it's the cost planning side of it. Um, so it's a multitude of different modules that kind of prepare you for all aspects, all aspects of cost and risk management in the construction industry. I think the most relatable role in the industry over here is is your pre-construction manager or your estimating role, um, or your post-contract kind of cost manager. Um, so it's a number of different modules that I think really help prepare you to get into um, the industry. And I think what was key was a placement year. Um, I always think a placement year, year of experience is better than, you know, three years of college. So I uh, was really fortunate to work for a, a great firm in Dublin. And that really kind of, you know, 
got me to a level where I started to figure out what what client surveying was and and you know really liked the the role in itself. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a multitude of of different roles and uh, you know we've really enjoyed that time in in Limerick. Brilliant, yeah, not and the 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 whole placement year. I agree. I did one of my my year, but even when I'm reviewing resumes now to send out. It's the, the, the candidates, you can see how far the candidates that have done an internship in the US, as they call them, or a yep. place year in Ireland, they are way, way ahead. And, and it might only be for six months or, tw- or 12 months, but what they learn in those six months or 12 months, practical experience to go with the book experience that they're getting in, in, in universities and colleges, they are way ahead. And it's amazing to think that they're, they're so far ahead with only six or 12 months experience. But it really yeah. does prepare you for the the world of work when you when you when you're ready. Hundred percent. You know the guys at Davis Langdon they they threw me in the deep deep end. They had me doing all sorts in terms of the measurement, reviewing quantity takeoffs, uh, QA, QC, and pay apps. So it was exactly what I what I wanted to do. Throwing me out onto the on onto the building sites, making sure work was uh, work was done, and again the experience that I gained in that you know 12 months was was invaluable for me to prepare myself for the fourth year and then move into you know uh the work life uh, after after college good man so you graduated you've that year's experience under your belt what yep. took you to the U.S. were you always thinking about the U.S. or was it uh maybe someone give you a piece of advice and then of course you utilize the J1 visa which which Irish uh graduates can avail of yeah, I think, you know, culturally, uh, you know, with my granddad moving over to the United States, I had family over in the United States. I think Irish people, there's a natural draw to the United States. And I think for me, when I finished college, it was in and around 2011, where the market wasn't great in Dublin. And that coupled with the fact that I had always wanted to work on high rise projects and some major developments and that was something that the United States, you know, provided. So um, it was really on a whim, to be honest, myself and and two guys. Uh, we just decided to move to L.A., uh, move to Santa Monica, and it was within a week decision. We finished our exams. We didn't wait for the results. We got on a plane and then that was that. And uh, we're still here 12 years later. So we're, <laughs> we must be doing something. Are the yeah. other boys still there? We're still there. I was actually just down. Um, one of our friends, uh, one of the guys that he just celebrated his engagement. So right. I was just down in LA, and and the other guy is, is still there. He actually moved into the startups very early on, but he's done really well. So it's great to uh, it's great to all still be still be knocking around. And then my co-founder Noel, who was also my college roommate, he uh he stayed on to do his master's in in project management and then he moved a couple of years later to san francisco and that's how we you know ended up reconnecting brilliant small small yeah. world isn't it so i'm it surprised the three yeah. boys stayed you know yourself you, you always get maybe one out of the three or possibly two to, to stay that like the lifestyle but then you yeah you know, your irish boys always miss their mammies <laughs> for, for sure yeah we um that was it was such a it was such a crazy experience and looking back i couldn't believe or couldn't believe what we actually you know did we moved over with 1500 bucks in the accounts yeah no car no credit history uh my first job was with the guy he was uh living in beverly hills at the time 
a big construction guy and i was i was thinking this is this is who i want to be i want to work in construction i want to end up in beverly hills all the you know uh and i ended up uh getting that job but i had no car so i used to get the bus to ucla and then walk to his house which was about 20 minutes uh into the into the hills and i used to knock on his door and he was saying where's your car and i was like well you know i i had you know during the interview process I told you, you know, I hadn't got a car. And he basically said, you're, you're absolutely crazy for moving to LA with no car. Yeah. So then I had asked him point blank, is there any chance you'd front, you know, some money to, to pay me uh, ahead, of, ahead of time so I can buy a car? And he did that with a week of knowing me. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so, so really that, that got me kickstarted and, and uh, then moved on to a different company, which moved on to a different company. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy how just things you know, fall into place if you if you're if you're willing to stick the neck out. Well, it's, it's about throwing yourself into the uncomfortable situation. I mean, that, and yeah. not only that, but when you're in the uncomfortable situation, being able to ask the right questions and build relationships very quickly. So it's 100%. pretty evident. I mean, we're going to go into Project Mark now, yeah. but it's pretty evident early on that a you were willing to throw yourself at, at anything, and b yeah. you were able to ask the difficult questions because I mean, I know that that fronting up uh, maybe a month or, or, or six weeks wages is not easy for someone, but to be able to do that and ask for it um, shows a bit of guts. 100%. Yeah, that was my, my dad was always the dad who made me phone the football managers if I had if I was sick at seven, eight years old. So <laughs> the tough conversations I was uh, I was born and bred to make and which has set me up you know, well in the construction industry. There's many a tough conversations to be had. On, on, on projects right well let's talk now right so you work with hallway construct contractors um you were on the j1 for three years then you went to mgac uh yeah. for five and a half years on the owner's website talk to me about that role in particular how why you go on the owner's side from the contractor what was the attraction and what were the biggest differences yeah so on the contracting side i started off as a project engineer which was unbelievable to be honest looking back um in the mix with RFIs, submittals, uh, preparing closeout packages, really understood the role and how invaluable the role of a project engineer is on any given project. Um, and as uh, MJC uh, came to light, uh, a lot of my former uh, employees had worked with uh, Davis Langdon in the US. So they broke out and they were actually acquired by MGAC. So I knew a few folks through my experience in Dublin and they had basically said, look, we'd love to, uh, you know, get you on board and, 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 you know, get back on the owner's rep role, which I really enjoyed in Dublin. So that was something that was really attractive. I moved over to MGAC in LA and I was able to work on some, you know, amazing projects. Um, mostly in the pre-construction cost management side of things, preparing uh, budgets alongside general contractors and then evaluating change orders, almost the, the quantity surveying role. Um, and that took me you know, from LA to different projects around the States and then ended up in, in San Francisco on a major project uh, in the city here. Brilliant. Tell me, uh, Marquee Project, what was your favorite project? Marquee Project? Um, there was a project called the Century City Towers uh, down in Los Angeles. And I think it was exciting because that was the first high-rise development that we were really involved in. 
and just the magnitude of that project, the drawing sets was, was just insane. So I was tasked with measuring, you know, uh, steel, um, concrete, you know, see these bulk packages. So it was really, uh, it was a really awesome experience. And then taking that to um, Webcore Builders were on that project, taking that to Webcore Concrete and working with them to reconcile, you know, on a particular budget. So I thought that was really interesting, but honestly, I, I had a great experience with all, all projects. They were all huge learning experiences. The construction industry is full with problem solving, right? And there's never a project that doesn't have problems. And just by going through that experience, um, you know, makes you better to, you know, to, to see ahead and, or forecast, um, you know, what's coming uh, because you've been through it in the past. Yeah. What was the biggest difference you mentioned there, Davis Langdon in, in, yep. in Ireland, um, with MGAC in the US? Were they were they did they build the same way? Did you see similarities? What was the biggest lessons that you learned um from the way they built in Irish to the built the way they built in the US? Yeah, I think I think the QS role in particular, um Outside of the United States, I think there's much more transparency in the pre-construction process with regards to cost. So, you know, it's essentially open book. The the, the PQS, the client surveyor, they're, they're in control of the quantity takeoffs, which is validated by general contractors, contractors. But everything is broken down into unit price. And so it makes it easy to level bids. It makes it easy to set up you know, frameworks in order to review change orders downstream. Um, so there's no you know, one lump sum numbers and things like that, where it just, there's no background, no substance. We don't know whether the number is right or wrong. Um, and I think that's, that's definitely improving in the United States, especially on the bigger projects and especially with new technologies that are coming into play. I think, you know, pre-construction is just, so important pre-construction planning is just so important for these mega projects and it all starts with the very first number the first number isn't right even at the concept uh, stage the, the project is upside down from the beginning everybody's under pressure and i think allowing you know historical information benchmark information to be shared and be open about it informs that very first number based on past experience and it set projects up for success from the beginning rather than rolling with, you know, uh, a number that's never going to be the number and it's double it at 100% DDs or CDs. So, you know, we've been in them situations in the past. I've been in them situations in the past and just the importance of pre-construction planning. I just, I, you know, I can't vouch for enough. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you said that as well. And I'm glad you told me that, that, that the technology is going to be the accelerator for transparency and for openness and, and and basically they allow the project to be delivered in a much smoother way, um, especially when it comes to operation side. I think the, the the penny has dropped on the GC side. I have seen it in the last three, three and a half years. As the, the, the companies and the, the contractors that are focusing on pre-construction services and pre-construction are able to deliver projects faster, quicker, and safer than 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 the, the the traditional way in the old school general contractors and you're seeing a bit of a divide now in, in, in how they're doing it and you're seeing the the, the technology technologically focused gcs that are focusing on pre-construction they're just able to build more so they're, they're increasing their capacity with less which is exactly what we need considering the amount of non-residential projects that we need to build 100 percent. i think 
you know, going way back owners to have this almost like mistrust with general contractors, subcontractors, right? That's, that's almost the narrative. And I think, you know, gen, general contractors, the best position themselves on these projects is get involved as, as early as possible, be open book, especially if there's another project manager owners rep consultant on, on the project, you just gain that trust so much in the earlier stages and it sets up for, you know, best practices all the way through that process and then delivering on that project, which everybody is, uh, is, is gearing for the same outcome. Yeah, and the big thing, Tom, just to, to not stay on this too long, but the big yeah. thing I'm seeing when speaking to, to trade partners and subcontractors, they're actually finding it easier now and, and, and more consistent rather than running around like, like crazy, bidding on stuff that they've no idea whether they're going to win. Basically, time wasting, they're now getting onboarded much earlier and they know the projects that they're going to be doing and, and they can actually uh, sketch, plan, and schedule further out with cash flow with everything so i think it's and it's not only is it is it creating an environment that that of confidence from the client the the, the contractor but also the subcontractor because at the end of the day they're they're, they're probably if you look at it the most important people in the in the whole thing 100 percent, and that and that is you know a huge challenge for subcontractors to really identify is this a complete waste of time and how much and and same with general contractors as well right how much free con can you can you give uh, before getting an ROI? And that's something our, you know, our CRM module and some of our analytics dashboard really informs is, you know, what, where, where are the clients or what are the projects that I'm best performing from a bid performance pers perspective? What are my best chances with X general contractor versus, you know, somebody that's leading me on for a year, year and a half with some free estimates and we never get anywhere with them. But it is a, it is a challenge. And I think, you know, being able to provide, um, you know, cost to for that work, you, you get real numbers, uh, and it's not it's not throwing darts. So, yeah, there's it's it's definitely a challenge to to make sure that GCs are managing their subcontractors in the right way. But that's top down from an owner down to a general contractor. Make sure that you know there's there's time and 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 cost dedicated to the pre construction services that you're providing, or else it is a waste of time. Love it, love it. So, but the big question, Tom, I want to ask, now it might be yeah. my audience that wants to ask this, but I want to ask this. You jumped over in 2011 on a J1. You've obviously worked yourself up really well, 10 plus years experience within the pre-construction environment with GCs, owner reps. What were you thinking when you said, I'm going to do, I'm going to go out, be an entrepreneur, give it all up and start a company? What, what? Because it's a huge risk I mean, it's a huge risk anywhere in the world. But in LA, yep. with the cost of living, the cost of rent, like I'm sure, and, and I don't know your 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 financial accounts, but I'm yep. sure it was a huge, huge financial risk. For sure. No, it, it's, I think it, there was always an itch that needed to be scratched with, with, with myself in particular in terms of wanting to start something. Back when I was 15, 16 years old, I was always kicking off something. I had, you know, a lawnmower and, and business where I used to, you know, uh, mow the neighbor's lawn. I used to knock on X amount of doors and get rejected nine times out of 10. And I, you know, even looking back at that, you know, experience that is, you know, teed me up well from you know fundraising and, you know, prospect clients and things like that. But it's, um, I always wanted to start something at a point in time where I felt like I was ready and the timing was right. And then when Nola and myself were on that particular project, 
we started to look at technologies that were really, you know, evolving the space. Plan Grid was really the first one where through just estimating and through quantity takeoffs, oftentimes you had your phone in the middle of drawing sheets or pens in the middle of drawing sheets. And that was just a, such a simple solution that it was just, where has this been for the last 10 years? And then building connected with the procurement side of things, you know, did an unbelievable job in streamlining, you know, subcontractor procurement. So because of our industry experience, we felt, you know, why can't it be us, right? We, we understand the problems. We understand the workflows. We've been through them. Um, let's put our heads together and think about a workflow that we feel like is a incredibly important, but something that we think we could solve at the same time. So we looked at the pre-precon space, which is the business development marketing space. We often thought, you know, such a massive effort is is put in by pre-con managers, marketers, business developers, and actually winning that next project from pulling together the RFP, you know, understanding what resumes, project history is up to date, and then the entire CRM infrastructure, uh, you know, softwares like Salesforce or other softwares that have been around 20 plus years in the industry. We just felt like there was some, there was a gaping hole for something that was just super easy to do are super easy to utilize and again given our experience and network and building relationships we felt we were in the perfect place in san francisco to kick it off um granted a part of it is ignorance as well if you knew you know you you know yourself as an entrepreneur once you take that leap then you really know what's you know what's going on and and you really have to be extremely resilient and persistent but we felt you know, we had the chops, uh, Noel and, and Anthony, who's also an Irish co-founder. And we moved over to United States to to be as ex- successful as, as, as possible. It's, it's almost every Irish person's dream when they move over to United States. So we felt like, you know, we had the we had the chops to take it on. Brilliant. I love it. I mean, and, and not only take it on, but really, really do well. When you sat down and you, you yourself uh, and Noel and Anthony sat down and said, right, this is this is the kind of product that we want to, to develop. How much has it changed since then? Have you pivoted? Have you, has your ideas changed? And, and Project Mark right now, is that the one you envisaged four years ago? 100% changed. Uh, I think our, we, we met a couple of years ago when I, when I kind of shared our original concept and it was still very much in the business development uh, space and marketing space around how companies could market themselves better online. And uh, we started off with almost like a marketplace play, which, you know, we still, we still think there's a huge opportunity for, but in order to really be successful with the marketplace, it required uh, a ton of capital to, to get there, you know, really, really quickly. And that wasn't going to be the case. It, it, it was going to take years of brand building uh, for that to then evolve into a great network. Um, and we we knew fairly quickly that we had to build you know value today for these companies versus bringing traffic to the site and then getting jobs at true project mark. Uh, and that was where we really focused on how could we really streamline the RFP and the sales enablement side of things, given that it was extremely adjacent, but it was also you know a massive pain point that you know our our customers at that point were, were, were experiencing and, and we knew just through our own experience. So I think you have to be extremely nimble 
in technology, you have to kind of trust your gut when you when you feel like you need to make a change or, or need to make a move. And um, yeah, we've we've peeled the onion back once or twice, but it's it's really served us uh, served us well for the solution that we've built today, that which we're extremely uh, excited about. Brilliant. Now, talk us through that that project, Mark, right now, because yep. one of the things you said to me, which was really caught my eye, um, and and I was I was excited, and I couldn't wait to get on. It's you said the product allows you to sell pre-construction services better, because if anybody's listening to the podcast, there's maybe three or four podcasts as I've done since the beginning of the year that these are young, innovative, technology focused. GCs that are that are focusing on pre-construction services and are building businesses, highly successful businesses around it. So that really, really kind of grabbed me. So tell me, tell us more about that. Yeah. So so Project Mark fundamentally is a, a marketing and sales software for the construction industry. It's a an RFP generator, and then we have a construction specific CRM. On the RFP side of things, it allows companies to streamline their content management. So you have all your projects, your team members, your company details all in this one place. Oftentimes that's a two week process in updating and pulling together that information to be able to communicate why you're qualified. And then we have the proposal generating piece that's tied to our content management layer that allows companies to completely streamline the package the RFP development process. So it's almost like a, an Adobe InDesign or a Microsoft Word built for the construction industry where marketing teams have just a great assistance to streamline their proposal generation processes or do our sellers uh, within, within the companies can pull together this information and that information being, you know, the pre-construction approach or pre-construction services approach. It's going to, I think with technology over the, the, the next couple of years, it's going to de-risk the financial side of, uh, of the business. It's going to de-risk quantity takeoffs. It's going to de-risk and standardize the cost side of things, I think the differentiators are going to be overhead and profit, general requirements, general conditions, and then how you can communicate why you're better than your competitor. And that's where we are extremely excited by, where we're helping companies really communicate why they're qualified in a, in a much streamlined manner in terms of the development process. Then on the CRM side of things, it's all about tracking pipeline, building relationships, uh, you know, learning who knows who within the business, who knows what company, and then understanding, you know, bid performance, what jobs am I most successful in? What sector am I most successful in? What pre-construction estimator, what estimator is the best performing estimator? These are all valuable insights for a C-suite team to inform how they go about winning work the next time out. So um, we feel like our position is extremely adjacent to the pre-construction process considering pre-construction managers and, and estimators are are often extremely involved in the revenue growth side of the business yeah it seems like timing is going to be perfect here tom when you think about the, the evolution i mean i talked about what i'm seeing on, on, on a ground level dealing with the estimators and, and building high performing pre-construction and estimating teams they are literally grabbing the best people in the operations side, bringing them into pre-construction. And you know, one of the best things that you kind of touched on there was there's people within operations that are incredibly articulate and really good at storytelling. And yep. if you combine that experience, knowledge, and ability to communicate with the visuals of Project Mark and the, the data, then surely that is a, a, an awesome combination. It's a really strong, strong proposal. 
hundred percent. Owners owners want to know how you're going to de-risk their project, right? Uh, how how you're going to you know manage the pre-construction process and de-risk, uh, you know the project going over budget, or or through delays or through you know change order uh, costs or, or scope gaps within the drawing set. So, for a general contractor to approach it with you know here's my pre-construction approach, here's what we've done on X amount of jobs that are similar to yours. And here's what we, you know, here's what, what we saved or we've delivered this project on budget based on our processes in the past. There are clearly key things. And we, we know even through our conversations with other founders of technologies, general contractors are leading with that in, in the interview process and winning work based on their ability to communicate how successful they've been in pre-construction planning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you 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 see it you see it week in week out when you're dealing dealing with 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 VPs and directors. Here's a question for you, Tom. What what are they using right now if they're not using Project Mark? How are they going about this? Yeah. So our our platform is essentially a combination of of three different softwares. From a content management piece, they are often using their servers to store data internally. Um, they're using, there's an, another company called Open Asset, which is essentially a digital asset management software for the industry. On the proposal side of things, companies are utilizing the likes of Adobe InDesign or Microsoft Word. We're, at, we're starting to get major general contractors come over to ourselves because they're finding it extremely hard to find talent that is versed in Adobe InDesign, as an example, where we've built an editor that uh, is the same output or can create the same output as an Adobe Suite which is much more easier to utilize. So marketers and doer sellers, business developers are, are, are seeing some great value in being able to just easily use our software to pull together that same great looking content. And then on the CRM side of things, it's typically uh, within the industry, Dell Tech or, or Cosential are, are the main players or, or Salesforce on the, on the upper end of things. I think the challenge with the likes of Salesforce is it, it often costs a lot of time and money to configure it for the construction industry where um, our sales were configured from day one. It, it takes no time at all to get set up and running. Um, and we have a mobile app now that is essentially built for business developers, pre-com managers, estimators on the move to inform, hey, I just met X client at a golf event or you know, I've just created this particular opportunity. And these are this is information that's often gets lost and the marketing or business development team are the last people to hear about this information. So um, combining them three softwares, we feel like we're, we're streamlining a multitude of different workflows and then helping companies at the end of the day, just, you know, win work smarter. Brilliant. Yeah. And that's, that, that's essentially your tag tagline um, is win works, work smarter. How, how, I mean, you've obviously been going now almost four years. What are you seeing the, the existing clients at the very beginning come back to you now and saying, right, the, this is the testimonial, this is the ROI now, we can we can show that Project Mark had a direct um, effect on? Yeah, so there's, there's a multitude of different, I guess, uh, feedback loops or testimonials. Um, one time saved, right? So what used to take two weeks and pulling together the information or to quote one of our clients, it was the estimate was the easy part, right? Putting together the budget was the easy part. It was actually pulling together all this data in order to qualify themselves was the arduous process. That's 
now streamlined to a half a day. And as they continue to build content, they continue to store their answers on Project Mark, it just gets even easier. So we've completely streamlined that process. And then, you know, we've allowed them to increase the quality of their output as well. So the proposal side of things, it just looks the part and, and, and there's a real sentiment in, you know, looking at a really complete package versus if you, if, for example, if you, if you got two subcontractor numbers, one package looked like it was done last minute. The other package looked like it, you spent two weeks on. What number do you think is, do you believe? What quantity, quantities do you think are correct? What submittals or the RFIs are going to be the most streamlined? Often, you know, your brand and your marketing gives away a lot about, you know, you as a company. Um, so we're really helping increase the quality of the output, especially on the, the mid-market GC and especially subcontractor side of things. And then from a CRM perspective, we've just launched our CRM uh, early this quarter, um, but we're seeing some awesome feedback. We've we've had companies in our beta program just stumble through different softwares, try to figure out a CRM that works for them. I'm sure there's listeners uh, that are still trying to figure out themselves uh, how to work the software or are frustrated by having to enter, enter data at the end of the day we're aiming to completely streamline that we've we 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 grouped together a number of different companies we went down and spent half a day uh, with these companies to to inform what is the best you know construction specific crm that we can build for the industry so and again it's true the experiences that we've had over the last 10 years in order to be able to communicate them problems it's not us saying we know we know this because we've been in the industry it's it's more so we know how to communicate to folks that we've worked with in the past to really get the best out of them to then inform our, our product roadmap. So we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're super excited. Brilliant. And that, that's, that's what we need. We need more people within the industry coming up with workflows and processes to bring technology to everyone. Um, so listen, this has been unbelievably uh, informative, Tom. So if there is someone in there that's working with the mid mid-sized GC that wants to get in contact with you what's the how's the best way what's the quickest way yeah quickest way is find me on LinkedIn Tom Dean and uh, feel free to connect or, or ping me an email at Tom at projectmark.com our main clientele today are, are especially large subcontractors mid-market GCs and then we're starting some really great conversations with some major general contractors as well integrations being a, a big one that we're building for so if you are uh, a part of a big general contract we would love to hear from you as well as we continue to build uh for uh for that segment um but yeah gareth it was a, it was a pleasure to to catch you up and uh, and have me on thanks a million brilliant and tom listen folks anybody's looking for that information they will be in all the show notes across spotify youtube apple itunes so Go down below, click on the, the, the LinkedIn or the email address over there as well. Tom, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Awesome, Garth. Pleasure. Stuck in spreadsheets? Tired of the endless loop of copying and pasting? Now imagine all your estimating workflows in one program. Beck Technologies innovative Destiny Estimator software streamlines the entire estimating process. With intuitive tools and powerful analytics, you can create accurate and reliable estimates quickly and easily. We understand the challenges pre-con teams face because we were born from construction. When you are ready to streamline your estimating efforts, visit us at beg-technology.com and talk with a tech expert in a Destiny Estimator demo today.
Well, folks, there you are. There is Project Mark, the all-in-one CRM and proposal platform that you didn't know you needed, and especially to sell pre-construction services. A huge shout-out and thank you to Tom Dean for coming on and sharing his story uh, and telling us all about Project Mark. It is true, and and everyone knows that. You'll hear me piping on about it all the time. I mean, pre-construction and pre-construction services is so important to any general contractor right now. Um, There's no more free con. Um, It's all about getting the value add out there to the owners and making them pay for it. Because what is done within this this platform and the estimating platforms and the holistic pre-construction platforms, it really is setting a project up for success. As always, you heard Tom is really open, really honest. If you need any further information or want a demo for Project Mark, I will put his LinkedIn profile link on the show notes below. And I'll also put a email address for Tom as well. Reach out with any questions. As always, folks, thank you very much for listening.